0: Well, hello again. Pastor Brown from Akron Lions Fellowship Church. Uh, we're going to continue on with the first chapter of the book of James, the first couple of verses. And we're going to look at this word of perseverance. My wife, boy, she loves to have about four to six inches of snow. She just loves to just see it all covered and so forth. And she's missing it. And I'm enjoying it because I'm not missing it. I don't have to be out there with the snow blower. And I don't have to be out there shoveling any snow. I'm enjoying this winter so far. January has been pretty good to us. And I just thank the Lord for that. <clears throat> and um, But if it does snow and we get four to six inches, We just have to persevere. We just have to push on. We just have to endure it and be patient and and, and just move along. It's part of life. And I know those days are going to come. But I enjoy this weather the way it is here in Akron, Ohio. Uh, I'm enjoying this, not seeing much snow, but she's missing it. Oh, she's missing it. But understand that... Four to six inches of snow. It just teaches us to slow down, be patient, endure it, persevere, keep moving, and we'll get to wherever we need to be at. And we want to get there safely. But it slows us down. We can't move as fast as we want to move. And that's life. We usually don't move as fast as we would like to move in life. We don't hit success as quickly as we want to hit success. We don't uh, find ourselves achieving the things that we would like to achieve very quickly sometime. But that doesn't mean we quit. It doesn't mean we stop. It means we have to learn to persevere and endure and be patient and keep hoping and looking towards that goal that we're trying to achieve. We don't give up, we stay with it. It reminds me of a professor when I was back in school some years ago and he would use the word stick-to-itiveness to stay with something, to stay with it. And today, God wants to teach us to stay with it. And that's what he's talking about here in James chapter 1. And I'm going to read a couple of verses, then we're going to pray. Starting in verse 2, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Father, we want to thank you and praise you that you're working in our lives. And that, Lord, we are your workmanship. And that you're working in our lives for your glory. And I pray that Lord that no matter what we may face today, that we might understand that Lord is what you have for us. And because you have it for us, Lord, it is not there to frustrate us, it is not there, Lord, to cause disappointment, is not there to cause us to stumble, is not there, O God, to cause me to become anxious or to become grouchy with other people. But it's there, Lord, for my learning, for my growing, for my ability to measure my faith. That, Lord, that what you set my hands on to do, that, Lord, it will be accomplished. But it will be accomplished not in my time, but in your time. All you want me to do is be faithful in following you and doing what I believe you would have me to do. Even though there are obstacles that will be in the way, there will be stumbling blocks and there will be days, O God, filled with frustration of life. But let me not lose sight of you in this, Lord, for the enemy would love for me to quit the enemy would love for me to run away from it. But if it's the task that you laid on my heart, if it's what you want me to do, then, Lord, you want me to learn in the process of doing the work that you called me to do. So would you bless this time? May your Holy Spirit teach us. May he, O oh God, quicken the things to our heart. And may they challenge us to grow and to mature. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, he tells us that he wants us to persevere. Trials are not something that should cause us to quit. They should not cause us to run away from what we're doing, especially if we believe this is what God has called us to do. And we need to realize that when I put my hands to something, I want to do it with all my might, all my strength, all my power. Because it's going to be done for the glory of God. But the only way it's going to be done for the glory of God is that God himself is working in me to accomplish it. Because the flesh counts for nothing. The flesh cannot glorify God. Uh, God's not going to allow me to stand back after I've done a good job and say, oh, good job, Gus, good job, and, and, and just praise myself. No. The praise goes to him because I'm the one who would really realize I didn't do it. He did it. He did it. He did it through me. He did it. But I have to learn how to endure, how to be patient, how to persevere, and you need to understand perseverance has a purpose, that it might finish its work so that you may be mature, that we may be mature, and that we may be complete. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on, I hope we'll get to it. But we want to look at this perseverance. Most people don't know how to persevere because they never had to really endure. And the word means here to labor under pressure. It's not an easy street, it's not easy going. You're going to do your work, but it's like having another 60 pounds added to that which you have to lift that is on you, that somehow you have to manage to move this thing, but there's all this other pressure that is there, or these other difficulties that are there, these other problems that are there, that somehow you have to deal with, and that's life. You may want to do something, but you got to deal with the problems also, and dealing with the problems sometimes is a matter of prayer. Dealing with the problem sometimes is having patience, because you have to figure it out. And oftentimes the problem boils down to being people. We want to teach people, we want to lead people, but understand you cannot lead those who don't want to follow, nor can you teach those who don't want to learn. Everybody comes to the table thinking sometime, they already know everything about this. They have their way of doing it. And their way is the only way they really know. But you're going to inject a different method, a different way of doing something, and they don't want to do it that way. First of all, you have to think, are they opposing you or are they opposing God? Secondly, you have to understand, are they insecure? See, an insecure person doesn't reach out to learn a different way about doing something because they're confident only in the way in which they do it. Any other way just means failure to them. And they're not secure in doing something maybe the way that you do it. But they know what they're doing if they can do it their way. And your way may be a better way, may even be a more simpler way. It may be even better for the people in whom they are serving. But you can't get that person to do it the way you want it done. They get the job done from their perspective, and they're comfortable in doing it their way. And that sometimes is that undue pressure that is placed upon us, especially when you have to get something done and people are in the way. And Scripture's going to talk about that a little bit. And we're going to see what God does in First Thessalonians. But what God wants us to do is learn how to endure. Not to quit. Not to run away. Not to fall back. But to keep at what we're doing. But sometimes we have to wait. We have to wait for a person to come and say, would you help me? We have to wait for a person to come and say, uh, is it possible that you could have a better way of doing this i've been doing this and i like to learn that there's a better way a more simpler way but that's a person who is confident in themselves that they can learn new ways is is something of a individual who has to say to themselves i want to be at my very best and i've been doing this this way this way this way but there might be something new that's come out that I haven't learned, and I would like to learn it if you know it. You have to wait on people. People for Christians are usually our biggest problem. It's not the problem. It's not how big something is or how heavy something is or, or, or that crisis that come in. And crisis usually come in because of people. So the trials that he says, boy, come in many different kinds and many different variable ways that it's going to come. Basically all come through people. But it's people who help develop us. We help develop one another. You think among Christians sometimes, boy, that would be the Prime world to be in with all these Christians, people who think alike, who, who want to serve the Lord and are excited about it. That's not the best world sometimes to be in because many Christians think that they're right and self-righteousness can cause all kind of problems. I think I know it. I have a better view than you do. I have a better theory than you do. Christians don't get along as easily as sometimes we think they do. We were, And we need to understand, we, we rough each other. We we kind of knock the rough edges off each other. But we have to do it very gently. And have to do it with the other person's permission to kind of buff them out and to help polish them into what God wants. And I have to give permission to people to tell me that, Hey, Gus, you're wrong. Hey, Gus, it may be another view on this subject or whatever. And and, and we can talk about it. Uh, you can't force things on people. You have to wait on them. And that's the long suffering. And that's the perseverance. Just because we have knowledge does not give me a freedom to just go and run over somebody else with my knowledge. That person has to want that knowledge and they have to feel comfortable with that method and that way of doing something. And he says, in the meantime, I have to persevere. I cannot allow that to affect me in doing what I believe God's called me to do. I just keep moving and I wait on that person and I suffer long with that person sometimes, but I keep moving because I understand I have to endure. I have to endure the insults of people. I have to endure the name calling of people. I have to endure the arrogant speaking of people sometimes towards me. You have to endure. or You throw up your hands and you're done with it. And those are the exact people that God wants you to deal with or he wouldn't have put you there. He wouldn't have put that person in your life. Because you both are going to learn. You both are going to be a blessing to each other. And that's what God desires. That we understand that we're going to help each other. And we're going to polish each other for his glory. Now, perseverance, as I've said, is that word that means abiding under pressure. You're working under pressure. You're doing what you're doing under pressure. And oftentimes we will say to ourselves, this could be a much better place to work if I didn't have this pressure. Uh, this would be a better place if it for Tom or Harry or... Or, or this person or that person. This would be a much better place. No, God has his mixture there. And it's there for all of us. So we're all going to have an opportunity to learn if we want to learn and grow. Remember, perseverance is to build our character. Perseverance and endurance is maturing us. It's doing something in us. But it also has an effect upon other people. It has an effect on other people. So you're abiding under this pressure. And you're enduring with others. You're suffering long with them. People will cause you problems. Don't ever forget that. Problems just don't arise on their own per se. Problems come through People. And if God didn't suffer long with us, with all of our problems that we give him, if he was to run away from us, where would we be? If he was to hide his face, as Israel said, Lord, you've hid your face from us. uh, Oh, what kind of trouble would we really be in? But understand, God says, I want you to persevere. I want you to persevere. So in James, he says, persevere. Must finish its work. Where's the work at? Right here. Perseverance. Endurance is working. In my life. To develop me. Into the godly man. That God wants me to be. He's building my character. He's building my faith. He's building your faith. Your character. By the problems. And the crisis that come into your life he's building your faith he's building something he's building your in your dependency upon him he's drawing you closer to himself that you can see him work it's amazing it's amazing now I want you to turn with me to Matthew 518 because here you're going to see a little bit about why is he really doing this He's not doing this again to frustrate you. He's not doing this to cause you to be angry. He's not doing this to cause you to be upset and uh, just to go off, flying off with a temper tantrum and so forth. He's not doing it for that reason. Look at verse 45. I'm sorry, 48. In Matthew chapter 5, he says, Be perfect, therefore as your heavenly Father is perfect. Be perfect. Not in just some things. Everything. Everything. Be perfect in all that you're going to do. And that's being gentle, that's being kind, that's being long-suffering, that's being patient, that's enduring, that's persevering. All those things that are just mentioned, we see in God. As God works with me and as God works with you. He's very patient. He, he perseveres. He knows the goal he wants to achieve. But how many of us are stiff-necked? How many of us are hard-headed? How many of us are slow learners? How many of us oppose what he's trying to teach us or show us in any moment in a time of a crisis. See, we cause him to suffer long with us. And he wants us to become perfect, as the scripture we just read says, to be perfect as he is perfect, or to be holy as he is holy. And that's part of that perseverance, that endurance that we're learning. And he wants us to be able to persevere. Go to First Thessalonians chapter one, verses three and six. Because again, it's life, and we have to be willing to accept that we're gonna have to persevere in life. And yes, problems are gonna come, crises are gonna be there. But God's expecting us to learn how to endure it, to be patient. Keep hoping with a sure hope in Jesus Christ and that he's going to teach us. He's going to show up. He's going to work. He's going to lead us. He's going to be right there with us. So in verses 3 through 6 in First Thessalonians, I want you to just get your word and Kind of follow along here with me because it's important some of the things that we need to pull out of here. He simply says to us, we continually remember before our God and Father your work. Paul said, "We remember the work that you're doing, the work you have done. We remember the work." But but look what and look how the work is developed or how the work comes about. He says a work produced by faith. A work produced by what? Faith. What is God trying to do in James? Increase our faith, the one whom we trust in. And remember, we are his workmanship, and we have been created to do good works. Now he has to prepare us and teach us how to do good works, because it's not easy. That's where the perseverance, that's where the endurance, that's where the patience, that's where the hope continues, and to constantly trust in the one who has called us to do it. That's the building of my faith. And he says, the work that you're doing is being done by faith or produced by faith. Now go a little further. He says, your labor prompted by love. For why do I stay in it? Why do I stay with it? Because of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. I passed her, but believe me, there's been days I felt like running away. There's days that I've said, boy, it's easier to go back and knock on some sheet metal, put a furnace in, put hot water tanks in, do what I previously did, go back to Chrysler and work there. I I, I mean, less trouble. We may want to run away, but I have to ask this question. If you walk away from it, if you run away from it, if you leave it, have you left the center of God's will for your life? You have to ask the question, has God placed you there? Is God equipping you? Is God opening doors, closing doors? Are you seeing people's lives change? May not happen very quickly, but you see it. Are you touching the lives of people? That's the endurance. That's the perseverance if you stay with something. And he says, it's all prompted by love of Jesus Christ. Not that you love the work per se. And a man is blessed if he can work at something he really loves doing. And I love doing what I do. Not saying sometimes it's not frustrating. Not saying sometimes it's not difficult. Not saying sometimes, boy, this fleshly feeling get in the way and I'm ready to run away. But because of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ and loving him, we stay with him. He said it's prompted by love. Marriage is not easy but the reason I stepped into marriage was because I loved this one young lady that I was dating. And we've had our problems, we've had our little fights, but we persevered, we endured, we've learned to be patient with each other, seek the understanding of each other, and therefore we have 55 years of marriage. Because that's what it takes. The prompting by love allows you to persevere. When you know the person you love, you'll persevere with them. When you know the person you love, you'll be patient with them. When you really love someone, you'll suffer long with them. And he says it's prompted, the labor is prompted by love. You go at it because of love. Love for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, your endurance inspired by hope. You know when God asks you to do something, it's going to come about. Now, things which we don't know is this. We don't know the time. And if God lays something on your heart and places it in your mind and And you put your hands to the plow. He said, Don't turn around. Keep your hands on the plow. The only way you're going to get a straight furrow, a straight line, if you keep looking forward. That's what hope does to us. Hope allows us to keep looking forward no matter what the circumstances or what the crisis might be, uh, what the problems are. That hope allows us to keep looking forward because we believe God is involved in it, and he's going to complete it. He's going to do it. And many a times, it's not in our lifetime. All the things that God promised unto Abraham was not in his lifetime. It started after he died. Moses, he got to see the promised land, He was not able to enter into the promised land. And we can say because of what he did or we can go on, but God didn't allow him to go into the promised land. But he could see it. It was not with a king from Israel. And the Israelites had not really yet taken the land. But he knew what God had promised to Israel. He didn't see it develop, but he was able to see the land. A lot of times what you're hoping for, you're not going to see maybe. But the joy of being involved in a project with God brings about real joy. A real peace. That you were able to help. Break ground. Lay the foundation. Help start with the walls going up. You didn't see the finished product. But you were able to be involved in it. That's the joy. And yet, because God started you with it and you worked at it and you knew it was in his strength that you have a hope that this thing is going to be complete. Your hope really says it's already done. It's already done. I I, I like that movie um uh, Hidden Figures because after John Glenn goes up and so forth and they may they get him back the supervisor asked one of the ladies can we get to the moon and her answer was we're already there we're already there can you see yourself already having what god has laid on your heart can you see it already done Can you see that God is a God who keeps his promises? Can you see that God is a God who keeps his word? And he says, inspired by hope. Hope where? In our Lord Jesus Christ. That whatever is being built for the kingdom of God, for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it's going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. And you and I need to believe that because that's part of what pushes us on. And we need to understand that we have to endure. And he says, boy, by faith you labor, prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope. Your endurance. You stay with it because of the hope that you have. You stay with it. Because of the hope that you have in Jesus Christ, who's going to strengthen you. And the one who has said, you can do all things through me. He is the one that allows us to persevere and stay at it. If I lose sight of him and his purpose and his goal and his reason for putting me there, then I have to come back and ask this question. Did I place myself there or did he place me there? If I place myself there, you're right. Run away because you are messing everything up. But if he placed you there, you have an obligation to him to persevere and to endure. Not an issue if you like it, don't like it. He's the one who wants to work in and through you. If we can only humble ourselves and let him do it. Yes, I may have to suffer long. Yes, I'm going to have to be patient. Yes, I'm going to have to endure the arrogance of some folks and so, so forth. But God's promise, what he has promised to build or to do, he will complete it. He will complete it. Now, Turn also with me to 2 Thessalonians, because you need to understand this. Because he asked you to do something, is not going to be without trouble. And like I said earlier, people are the ones who usually will always cause the trouble. Uh, because people, we don't understand that God is doing something. Or we all believe in God. And most people would tell you, yeah, they believe in some type of God or higher being or this or that. And there are those who don't believe that there is a God. And over in Psalms 14.1, it, it tells us that's the fool. It's the fool that says there is no God. And, and and people need to understand that. We got a lot of foolish folks around who don't believe that there is a living God and that that God is Jesus Christ. And so we got a lot of people who are going to hinder just because they have no faith. Then we have those who, yes, they believe, but they have not been around the working of the living God to really understand how God works and how God puts a team together, uh, how God is able to function in the midst of a team. And, and I, I enjoy working with some of the men I work with today. I enjoy working with Larry Anderson. He, he's partially blind. He He's legally blind, uh, but he can see a little. But anything I ask Larry to do, Larry will try. He'll go at it. He has a lot of difficulties, but he's a man who loves the Lord. And sometimes you have to really listen to Larry, because Larry is constantly just talking at times. He's going to get on me. But if you listen, God drops wisdom into him, and he shares it. Because he just loves the Lord. And he's not scared to speak what he believed God has given to him to share. I know one time we were going to do something at the building, and he's the one who brought it to our attention. We don't know what really these people believe. They they they're they're saying that they're Christians and they want to use our building, but is it going to be different than what we believe? Is their doctrine different? Uh, and he brought up some very important points for us to look at and after we took a closer look at the group we said no because we didn't want to send two different messages out in the community that this message that they were given was coming from them that people would think that's coming from us and that's what we approve of and he brought out some very key points and then there's roscoe or david fry uh, a man that had just grown in the lord leaps and bounds and you can just uh listen to him now. And if you're talking with him, you're not gonna be long there before you start hearing about Jesus Christ. And and he loves the Lord. And I'm and 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 I I tell you, he he's just there to help out in any way that he can help out. And the good thing about him and and, and Larry, they're not yes men. They're men who will speak their minds and they give good Guidance, good counsel, and I've had to sometimes step back and weigh what they've said. And then there's Melvin and the faithfulness of Melvin and 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 boy, Melvin is is just sharp. And and yet the gentleness, the kindness, and and. and He 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 just lays out the word of God for you. And if you sit with him, you can learn. And God has given these three men around me, and they have helped me greatly. And I just praise God for them because each one of them come with a different quality. And sometimes it's challenging they're building my character they're building me they're helping me do what do what God would have me to do now in 2nd Thessalonians in verse 6 I want you to hear what it what it says because it's a blessing to work with these men but I don't want you to think that there's no hindrance because there is he says. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you. Endurance, remember what I was sharing with you, is that problems come from people. People will fight against because they don't see it the way you may see it, or they haven't heard it the way you've heard it, or or God hasn't spoken to them the way he's spoken to you. And sometimes you have to wait for God to speak to other people, and you're the one that have to be able to persevere that this is what god wants i'm going to stay with it i just can't develop it to the point that i would like to develop it until the people are there and he says those who trouble you don't get really upset with them why he will pay back trouble to those who trouble you don't get lost in wasting a lot of energy with people who don't want to learn, who don't want to change, who don't want to move forward. But they will trouble you. They'll cause you all kinds of problems. They'll bring crisis into your life. But he said, don't get focused on them. Let God deal with them. Let God speak to them. Let God punish them. Let God work in their lives. You stay focused on what God's called you to do. That's the endurance. That's working under the pressure. That's working when other people are trying to throw roadblocks in your way. But you just stay at it. And you overcome the roadblocks. You overcome the pitfalls. You overcome those things. Because you're staying focused on Jesus. And your hope is in Jesus. And you're persevering. And you're enduring. And he says, and give relief to you who are troubled. And to us, wow, well, what is he going to do? And give relief to you who are troubled. God's going to relieve you. God's going to refresh you. God's going to renew you. You just keep pressing on. You just keep enduring. God did give you the strength that you need. God to give you the wisdom to fight the battle. And remember, the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. And you want to stay with it. Don't lose heart in it. Don't lose heart. I hope I can encourage you to, to persevere and to endure whatever may come your way. Based on this fact, you know this is what God has for you. You know this is what God has for you. And let God opens your, your doors. You don't have to knock down any doors. You don't have to kick down any doors. You don't have to really fight with people. You be gentle and you be kind towards people. And you rejoice in the work that you're doing. Even though people are causing you problems, you rejoice in it. Why? Because God's given it to you. And you're going to see him work. Yes, the trials come in various kinds comes from many different situations and crises in life. But you are called to endure them. You are called to endure them. Let's finish up here real quick. Cause my time. Well, I thought I'm going to be about 20 minutes, half hour. I see I'm already 41 minutes bro. so we better run a little quicker here. The trials reveal the faith and we have to understand that. He's building our faith, our ability to trust in him, to walk with him, to believe him, to have hope in him, and to have the confidence in him. And it builds our faith to keep moving forward with him. And we want to do that. Turn to Luke 8:15. and uh, we want to see ourselves growing and remember is for our maturing and understand this here in our maturing we mature in one area at a time as he takes us through it the whole man and i said we would get to maybe that area of completeness but we will talk about that in the next one because maturing and complete is not that as I go through James because I conquer one area in my life that the total person is totally mature and complete. No, I'm mature and I've grown and I'm complete in this area now that he's working in. And when I'm done with that area, boy, there's another area. There's another spot in my life that God has to go to work in. Remember, he says that he has begun a good work in me will continue it until I see Christ. Now, you have to understand that. It's a continuous work. You and I are a continuous, ongoing work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We won't be that finished product until we see Christ face to face. There is so much decavity and so much sinfulness in us. It takes more than a lifetime to clean us up and straighten us up and get our thinking the way God would have us to think. Even when I think I'm at the top of my game, God comes in and says, You can do better. And we're going to do better. So we're going to start working in this area. Boy. Lord, I thought I was complete. No. There's more work to be done. But you did complete this area. And you passed with flying colors. You matured in this area. You've grown in this area. You're a much better Christian. Because we went through this. But now there's another area to work in. And we're going to go to work. We're going to go to work. In Luke 8 in verse 15. He's going to share with us. Let me get there. Luke 8 verse 15. Boy, these eyes have to adjust. He said, But the seed, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart. Who hear the word, have a good heart. You hear the word. Retain it, not just hear it but you're retaining the word, you're hiding the word in your heart, that even when the difficulties come, the crisis come, the various trials come, that the Word of God is able to minister to you and the Holy Spirit is able to take that word and bring hope into your life and ensure you that what Jesus has given you to do, he's right there with you who hear the word. And the important, retain it. A lot of us hear it, we don't retain it. We hear it, but we don't remember it. We hear it, but we don't put it into practice. We hear it, but like James says, we're only hearers of the word, but not doers of the word. And God wants us to become doers of his word. Doers of his word, that we take his word to heart and we put it into everyday practice in life. And he said, Who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering. Now, understand, as a Christian, when you make up your mind to be obedient to God, you're going to have to persevere. Because everything that Satan can throw at you, he's going to throw it. He's going to throw everything down to the kitchen sink at you. Anything that will cause you to quit, cause you to turn around, to cause you to say, no, this isn't God. There is no God. It's just the imagination of your mind. And you have to persevere. Hearing the word, you persevere, because the word's going to give you a hope, a deep, abiding hope in Jesus Christ. The word of God is sure, and God's going to accomplish his word. And those who work on behalf of the living God, understand, yes, you have to endure, you have to persevere. But you're doing it in love because you know the one you're in love with and you know the one that loves you. And we persevere. And in the persevering, look what comes about. Produce a crop. Produce a crop. You hit your goal, but you got to persevere. You're doing what God's called you to do. But you got to persevere. You got to endure. You got to stay with it. And that's hard. Because, again, you got to retain God's word in your mind and in your heart. And you got to speak God's word to yourself. To yourself. And you can say, Well, I know God's word. But when's the last time in a crisis? You called upon God's word, not to minister to other people, but to minister to you. When's the last time you called upon God's word to give you hope, to help you to believe, to help you to stand? When's the last time that you regurgitated God's word and it comes to your mind that you can say, yes, yes, yes. And you have confidence to continue based on God's word. And you persevere and you endure whatever is being thrown at you or comes at you. Because you're going to have various trials. And it's not just going to be in this area. It's going to be in this area, that area, and over here and over there. Every time you think you have conquered Yes, you have conquered, but there's a new land to conquer. There's something else in our lives that have to be conquered. And God takes us through them one at a time. And he uses people. Now, go to Luke 21 and go to verse 19. And hear what he says. Remember, you have to uh, maintain. You have to endure. You have to stay with it. And you're going to have to really, really work at it. So I want us to pick up in verse 17. And we're going to go to verse 19. He said, all men will hate you. Now look at why. Because of me. Or all men will hate you. All men will cause you trouble. (laughs) Even those who believe, who don't understand what God's doing in your life. Or doing with you. They're going to cause you trouble. And remember, you are God's workmanship. And when God speaks to you to do something, sometimes he don't speak to the whole world. Sometimes he don't even speak to your inner circle. Sometimes he doesn't even speak to others. Remember who called Moses trouble? It was a brother by the name of Aaron and a sister, Miriam. Mary. They caused him trouble. He's in leadership. And yet, they caused him trouble. Why, David. King. But his own family caused him trouble. Caused him trouble. So he says, all men will hate you because of me. But not a hair on your head will perish. Amen. Not a hair on your head will perish because of the hatred or the problems, the crisis that they somehow bring into your life. God's promises, not a hair on your head would you lose. And he goes on and then he says this. And this is the part I really want to get to. He says, by standing firm, you will gain life. By standing firm, you gain life. You gain that abundant life. You gain the life that God has for you by standing firm. And it's not always easy. Not always easy. Well, let's just look at one more verse and then I'll let you go and we're going to pick up on that area of maturing and and, and the character building in the next one. But in Romans 2 7, because he's telling us that, oh, yeah, we got to persevere. We got to stay with it. We can't lose heart. We can't become angry and, and we can't become jealous about what other people are doing and saying about us. We can't become envious. Uh, we got to keep focused on God, people. We'll miss it if we allow ourselves to drift off into some la-la land and feel pity for ourselves and uh, feel bewildered, uh, Satan would love to throw us off track. But remember, you're an individual who perseveres. So in Romans chapter 2, and I want to go to verse 7, he simply says it in this way, to those who by persistence... In doing good, do you persist in doing good? Some of your best friends sometimes will give you the wrong information. You're a Christian, and you want to get ahead, and you want to do, and they'll tell you well, it's not so bad. You can do this. You can, if it's against God's word, don't do it. I plead with you, don't do it. Let God open the door. Let God promote you. God said he's the one who setteth up and taketh down. Let God do it. That's why David said he would not raise a hand against God's anointing, speaking of Saul. He knew in his time God would put him on the throne the way God wanted to put him on the throne, not the way men wanted to put him on the throne. Men may want to take the sword and kill Saul and make David king right now and so forth, but David had the patience and the perseverance and the endurance to wait upon God. And he waited upon God and he became king. If you wait upon God, God will get you where he wants you to be. You have to persevere. You have to endure. You have to be persistent. You have to keep moving. And God will do what he wants to do through you. And he says to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality. He will give eternal life. He will give eternal life. But you're persistent in doing good. Do you find yourself persistent in doing is good? I pray that you would. And I just want to thank you. Thank you for giving me this time. I came to this chair saying, okay, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and here it is now, 56 minutes. But it's amazing sometimes how God just leads us on from one thing to another. And I pray whatever is said, that it would be a blessing to your life. That it can be used as a building block. It can be used as a foundation for you to stand on. And most of all, that it encourages you. So be encouraged today. Be persistent. Be patient. Be an overcomer. And persevere in all things of this life. For the glory of God. Amen. Have a wonderful day. God, would you order our steps today? Would you strengthen us and bless us? And Lord, we'll give you praise and we'll give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, in his name we pray. Amen. Bye.